Seventeen. Oh, what episode is it? I don't fucking know. Comment. Seventy-one. Seventy-two. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. I want to say. Seventy-one. Ready in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode number seventy-one of the Audio Podcast. Not as usual. We have uh, Alex and Liam, the super ringing today, subbing in for Jason, that is uh, having the weekend off with his family, which is very nice. First, well first, hi, how are you? Good. good. Very good. That's good. First shout out goes to everyone, because we just got a notification sent from our um, hosting service that we've had a thousand downloads. Oh, there you go. So um, that only just came in the last couple of days. So. We're very, very happy with that, and we really appreciate everyone out there that uh, listens. Uh, we do waffle a lot of shit, so uh, if you ask me, if you, if you ask me if I think I think on average we get between sort of sixty and hundred people download and watch, uh, if they wanted to hear what we'd have to say, would have said definitely no. Oh, you know, the variety is the spice of life. Yeah, true. You're not going to get the content that you get on the audio podcast anywhere else. No, it, look, it, it, it's a bit unique. Yeah. It is a bit unique, um, especially compared to what most mass media is out there. But no, thank you very much. And look, if we make no money out of this, I'd love to, I'd love to make money out of it. You know, so get some sponsors, like, share, yeah, sure. um, uh, yeah. If you want to throw money at us, crypto, anything, I'll, I'll, I'll accept all forms of payment. Um, and and if you you know give us a narrative that you want us to push, and we'll push it for money. That's what all that's what all players seem to be doing. So I guess we can, you know, we're no better than them. You'll pull yourself out. Who cares? Show me the money. Show me the money. Um, your mom is pushing just a little bit to get a little bit closer. Um, I want to give a quick update with with um, my injury that I've had, which is that I am doing much, much, much uh, better. And the rehab has really, really worked. And what I, what I did want to say is like anyone out there that's got little niggly things, if you haven't seen a physio, I highly suggest it. N- not in a million years would I have guessed or, or been able to figure out the method that they've used on me to get where I was. Because you had lower back pain, didn't you? No, it, was, it started in the back of my neck. It was right. the, so the back of my neck at the very top, right under my head, somehow linked to effectively my tailbone right and it turns out what we think it is that i've stretched the nerve that runs from my head to my back Mm. and the more i think about it it was on a bad deadlift and you know better than anyone like if you if your if your form is off it can be very damaging and i think that's what i've done but being able to isolate the movements was really powerful so for the first couple of days just being able to avoid that the things that fire off that pain was really nice and then having workout routines to 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 uh, touch on the pain, but definitely not trigger it. Yeah. Um. I think it's not conditioning. They call it um, exposure. Yeah. So actually, getting some constant exposure to it was was really good too. But I've been back to the gym since. Uh, like funny, I I I tried to deadlift. I need like forty kilos. And. My, the, the position grabbing the bar and pulling it up off the ground, that first 
like would would teed off a little bit. Mm. But obviously, there was more mental pain, I think, than, than anything. Yeah, and I think that's the case with most injuries. Is yes, you do need to sort of rest and recuperate, but you can usually do some variation of something around it. You can usually work around most problems, which it sounds like what you've done, which yeah. has sort of built you back up. Um, well, I jumped on the bench to do bench press and laying down kind of hurt, but doing the actual bench press didn't. Yeah, but you've got a freaky bench. I think I think just whatever your issues are, you're going to be able to bench. That's your thing. I did 10 sets of 10 at 60 kilos and I reckon I easily could have done another 10. That's insane. I felt so strong. That's and then, Yeah, but then I get off that, go over to the bar, to the deadlift bar with these two little like two little little uh, weights on the edge. Well, hi guys. <laughs> and then trying to lift it up, going yeah. <laughs> but it's still like the volume from just that bench. Yeah, it's it good. Ten sets of ten. Mm. That's mm. a lot of work. And like, power, bang, 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 bang. Maybe I might walk out on my shoulder. Yeah, my shoulder. If they let me in. Um, so yeah, if if anyone's got any niggly little things, you know, some stuff you might not have even thought about. Like that you're injured, you might just think that you have back pain. You become so used to it. Mm. Go and see a good one, and they are worth their weight in myrrh. I think another one I've got a mate who he is larger, so he's mm. probably like a buck sixty, buck seventy. Yeah, right. Uh, he had issues with his feet, so right. he found going to a podiatrist actually helped him because he's got, and this won't be the case for most people, but because he's applying so much. Pressure yeah. to his joints. Small, small contact patch. Just from walking. Yeah, yeah. Small, exactly. So he had um, sunken arches. So uh, basically, he yeah he got a lot of work done on his feet, and that's alleviated like knee pain and everything because he had sort of you know like the pigeon toe where you curved in, your sure. knees buckling because you've got so much weight pushing down. So it's funny how just minor adjustments to a small area or seemingly small area can affect everything all the way up. My question, what what tips did the podiatrist give him? Uh, I think it was the type of shoe. Uh, again, that's what I want to know. So the commercial, a lot of shoes that we wear today are really, really bad for us. Oh. And it's all because of marketing. So I think, I, I think Nike might've been one of the brands that kept yep. off the wedged heel. Right. That's really bad for you. Like yeah. We're supposed to be flat-footed, yeah. more or less. We're supposed to have, you know, a very minimal, you know, arch in our heel. We've effectively, the, the shoe has effectively changed the way people walk and run and 100%. stand. 100%. Yeah. If you look at any track and field athlete, they're wearing the skinniest shoe yeah. possible. So we're not supposed to run in an arch. However, because we run incorrectly, you should realistically, I think, like, toe strike as well. Yeah. A lot of people heel strike, yeah. which fucking hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they developed a cushioned heel, which yeah. is just reinforcing a bad habit is all it's doing. Yeah. Which just causes trouble in the long run. Well, you know what I what shoes I wear predominantly, right? Yeah, loafers. Yeah. Boat shoes. I'm a, I'm a moccasin guy. Yeah. Uh, primarily, the, I like the driving moccasins, so the one... The, the driver has got the like the heel part right right so for obviously for yeah pedals and um but what got me onto them was i went through that journey because i when i played basketball as a, as a young guy i was having problems with my like the growth plate on my heel yep and i had to i used to have to get carried off 
at the end of the game, I couldn't walk. <clears throat> and then I started going down the deep dive about foot stuff and, and that's when I first heard, oh yeah, you're not supposed to have high arch support. You know, pre pre previously when I was at school, I had high arches, so I'd always got shoes that supported that. <laughs> and then the more research I did on it, I'm like, you're not supposed to have any of that. It's no. supposed to be flat. It was supposed to be natural, whatever your natural. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I had converted, oh, I'm trying to think when the, the first pair of moccasins that I'd bought, because I was always wearing, back in the day, like when I was kicking around in the early noughties, you wore skate shoes, clothes, and that was the in thing. DCs. DCs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, had heaps of heaps of pairs of DCs, big fat ones. With a tongue, that yes. five inches thick. Yeah, yeah. waist is like all stretched out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, they, I, I reckon I got my first set of like a boat shoe thing and thinking, man, this is, no, I know exactly what it was, 2011. 2011 went to, uh, uh, Tarsh and I went for a big like Euro trip. Mm. And I'm seeing these guys walking around in Spain and Italy. They're not wearing the shoes that we're wearing. No. They're wearing, they're all moccasins. Mm. So I bought a pair over there and I'm like, man, this is cool. Like, this is cool. And at the time, too, the, the other fashion, uh, everyone back here was wearing really long board shorts. You right. know, build long and quick yeah, board shorts. Yeah, yeah. And over there, they were wearing short ones. And I'm like, dude, I wear short ones now. Like this, And then two years later, like, I, everybody used to hang shit on me all the time. That, like, like they're, they're, they're too short, too much leg. They had, like, a, a floral print on it. Right. Right? You're ahead of the game. Well, I wasn't ahead. I was ahead here, yeah. but I knew that Europe was doing it. Mm. And two years later, everyone was wearing it. I'm like, welcome. You know, my my th my upper, my lower no, my lower thigh has 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 had so hand. much more. Yeah, so yeah. like yeah, everyone's white legs. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. ready for it. Yeah. yeah, but the um, I've been like a big moccasin wear ever since. And I noticed that if I spend a couple of days in say my my gym shoes or something like that, or when I'm like I used to wear RMs to work, you walk different. Yes. And I noticed it when I walk into like, you know, uh, supermarkets and they've got the camera that's mm. spotting you that, um, and you can see your back. And the shape of my walk is completely different. Yeah, drastically. I know when I go to the gym, it's not the most stylish choice, but I wear, I think it's, they're called, um, I think it's Vivo Barefoots. Are they the ones with like the toe? They don't have the toe, but they're similar. So they do have a very large um, toe box. Right. Uh, extremely flat. There's almost nothing to the sole. Yeah. And it's so that you can, your toes can spread and grip. Yep. Because uh, I think one of the most, uh, yeah, probably the most worn shoe in the gym is usually Converse. Usually Converse uh, high tops, especially right. if like deadlifts and stuff, because it gives you a bit of ankle support because yep. it's higher. But if you even compare, like I'm wearing Vans today, if you even compare Vans to Converse, Converse are so narrow in the uh, toe box. So Vans are wider because they're a skate shoe. Yeah. Because they're designed for you to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need that extra room for when you're slamming down on your board. Yeah. So that's why they've got a slightly wider toe box. But Converse are just so narrow and you're not getting all of the support you need. You might be getting ankle support, but you're not getting the support of the foot across see i i find the i find vans wide and narrow at the same time so i i find them tight to fit right on my my, my feet but i've also or also had them lock out my basically leaving the throttle flat at lakeside 
and stuck under the brake pedal. No. <laughs> because I think because they've got that, the sole comes around the outside yeah, yeah, of yeah. The, the, the formation of the shoe. Mm. So I don't wear, I don't wear bands on the track anymore because they're terrifying. But no, so it, it is interesting. So yeah, I think the big lesson out of, out of this is if, if you have those little niggly issues, don't just let them go. Like no, if anything, if we've learned anything about, um, you know, the last two years is we need to really be listening to our bodies, yeah. you know, um, and and we address it. Yeah, and we've got so much available these days. Yeah. You know, why not? Why put yourself through it? I mean, it was it's not cheap. My health cover spotted half, like half, but it was still, you know, $55 a session or something like that. And, and you might be in there for 15, 20 minutes. So that part, you might go, Ugh. but the fact that I can now put my head in the bucket to wash a car, or I can change the bed without, you know, wincing in pain, mm. that's worth it. Yeah, quality of life. I think that's that's one thing you have to look at. You know, that's the most valuable thing, really. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about an issue. <laughs> so, so you're not really invested in the stuff that we've been talking about of late. Um, but I did see my favorite article came out yesterday. Mm. Did you hear about? The uh, nope. the Finland's PM, nah. the Prime Minister of Finland mm -hmm. is a lady that's thirty six years old. Okay, is this the um, oh, so it? very attractive lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's ringing a bell. So, <laughs> so she she came into contact with someone uh, uh, and because she was double vaxxed, she didn't have to quarantine, mm. so she went out night clubbing. Right till 4 a.m. and left her phone at home and was getting pinged saying, no, 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 you need to, you need to in this case, you need to. And she's had to come out and <laughs> everyone, like the overarching, and it was the first feeling I had. All the comments were like, how did you last to 4 a.m. <laughs> like at 36 years old? No, I think the more surprising thing is how did you go out without your phone? Oh, chicks do that stuff all the time, man. My missus does it. I'll look at the couch and still connected. She's just forgotten. Really? Yeah, man. Oh. It's not an extension like, well, and, and do you know what I think? They don't have pockets. Chicks don't have pockets, therefore they don't have their phones attached to them all the time. So sometimes it's in a handbag or sometimes it's in a car. It's not as uh, welded to their bodies as it is to a man's. Mm. That's my that's my take on it. Yeah, I guess so. Because oh, I've been trying to step away a few days a week at least. Oh, yeah. Two or three days a week. Try and get off social media and stuff like that. Just yeah. step back because you do get in those. Dude, it's trash. I'm I'm full blown addicted. Mm. Full blown addicted, and what we spoke about on, on last week's podcast. Even worse than that, the format is so trash mm. that it's not even a pleasurable place to be. Like I'll be sitting on the on the couch having a flick, and then something pops up. It's too loud, and then I'm trying to exit out of it. And back button now either closes the app or takes you to the start and starts playing it again, but in the small window. See, I think that that's an Android problem, potentially. Right. Because I haven't had that issue on Apple. What I have, because I don't use, like I post videos of like lips or whatever, yep. and often they're more than 15 seconds, which is oh, the yeah. cutoff, yeah. right? And what I generally do, so you don't hear me grunting and shit, is I'll put a song yep. in, right? Now, they used to have a feature where whichever song you picked, when you got to the second clip, was over 15 seconds, it continued. It continue. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> so now you've got to sit and listen. 
So when that 15 seconds ended, what lyric it finished on, and then go back in. That's what, okay, so that's what we're talking about before. That's a regression in the user interface. They had it. Why it was get rid of it. They've broken it. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't care anymore. Because yeah. they've lost they've lost the they've forgotten there's a customer attached to the end of this. And 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 they're so they're so gathered in what they what they can sell you using the data yeah. that they've forgotten that hey, this interface sucks. And I said it last week, I think it's because they're trying to compete with TikTok. Yeah. So they're trying to make it a copy of TikTok, yet it's just a mess on the mm. way through. And I get it, it's hard. But you know what? If I was a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company, I reckon I could make it work. And I wouldn't let it out there until it was done. But also, why why compete? Like you have already you already do what you do. Yeah. And you already have the user base that you have. Keep declining the user base, that's the problem. It's face Facebook is going like off a cliff in terms of um, pickup, and and um, Instagram has stagnated. Okay. So I'm gonna look to the figures. Yeah. Oh, I don't I don't use Facebook. Yeah. I because you're young. Okay. I don't know what that has to do anything, but okay. no, they don't. There's face uh, Facebook is for old people. Right. Okay. So I only use Facebook to communicate with my coach. Yeah. So I post all of my stuff in there. Is he old? Nope. How He's old my is he? age. Really. Yeah, but you just make a, a Facebook private group. Okay. And then okay. you can just post your videos and your feedback and, sure. and stuff in there. Uh, other than that, I don't use it. It's yeah. good for birthdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram, I'll use. Take your birthday off to anyone that's got their birthday on yeah. Facebook. Take it off because yeah. no present for you. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, it's not that. I used, when I had my birthday on there, my credit card used to get skimmed all the time. I removed it, gone. Because oh. what do you need when, to, to uh, uh, get your eye um, to... Oh, I don't know. I've just got a credit card and it took me fucking like <laughs> 18 hours to get on the phone with someone to say I am who I am. Because someone else is using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can go through 18 hours of hold music, you deserve my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it, it's yours. Give some free credit. <laughs> You've won this game. But I'm not on TikTok. I'm not. At all. Do you want to hear my conspiracy theory on TikTok? Go for it, love it. TikTok came to prominence due to short video times. Mm. Can you move that ball? Sorry. Thanks, mate. Um, sh- short video times, but often put to music and people are doing similar dance moves, right? Mm. For me, that told me, well, and we know it's Chinese, mm. and because it's Chinese, it's Chinese government, okay? They're one and the same. They're trying to make dance robots. No. So lots of footage of dancing people. Well, yes, they've got lots of footage of dancing people, which is going to help build the data set for artificial intelligence. Yeah, dancing robots. And mouth movements, so people like mouthing off things. So you've got the text data there, you know what they're saying, yes. you know what the mouth looks like. Is that not the perfect data to, to build a, a, a digital um, avatar or someone? It is. People don't like robots looking like people, though. That's one study that they've done yeah, it's, time and time again. It's called um, Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you make a really good one, if it's the problem is that there's something not right about it. Yes. But once it is right, and there are people out there that are... There are people out there that are currently having sex with latex dolls that look nothing like people. Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> it, 
it's going to kick off to perverts first. Yeah, well, and the, they pay. It's a, it's yeah. a high oh, pay yeah, industry. Yeah, 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 big time, big time. But yeah, I think they need to start making imperfections in them because that's what we don't like. Because oh, you just make symmetry. Yeah, you're making a silicon mold of a face that looks the same on both sides. Yeah. Because there was something that we did at school where you like took a photo of the left side of your face and then yeah. like duplicated it and yeah. then the photo of your right and duplicated it to see what you would look like. If you're beautiful. Yeah. But, well, weird. but I think there's like an I think there's an ugly side and a good looking side. Right. Like if you replicate one, one side looks better than the other. But then having both, you look normal. So I saw that because there's a there's a mathematical theorem right yeah yeah and elizabeth hurley is perfect right like like by this yeah, yeah formula yeah. she's perfect that's why warning got in there what he's a legend he's been everywhere <laughs> he's, he, he's had like the top shelf stuff and you know he's quite happy to shop in the sale bin too oh yeah. yeah why not you know and if you look at him now you're like why are you orange like he I, has he moved to? Is he living in he's Muscle spend, Beach or something? He's spending that Ashley Martin money. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a early noise reference there, I suppose. They have, they have, those ads haven't been on for a while. That's the last time I saw an ad. Don't watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. No ads. Tell us about. So you you've been on you've been on a bit of a, a, a journey of late. Tell us a little bit what 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 fight. No, last time we spoke, what, where were we at? Have you just done your second Dexter or something? I'm trying to think. Last time I was on or last time we spoke? Last time you were on here. Last time I was on here, I no, I'd only done one Dexter scan. Yep. Uh, that's what sort of kicked off me joining the gym and everything like that. Yep. So uh, low bone density, 34% body fat, yep. 120 kilos, yep. something like that. I uh, got a DEXA scan maybe three weeks ago, four yeah. weeks ago, something like that. Uh, 25% well, body fat. Yeah. Uh, bone density is above average. Yeah. Uh, and the guy said, basically, if I continue the way I'm going, you'll get into like the sort of elite level. Right. Uh, well, I'm in two categories, which is unusual. So I'm in the bottom 25% fat ratio, so I'm fatter, for my age, height and weight, right. I'm fatter than 75% of other males yeah, I believe that. Yep. my age, height and weight, yep. but I also have more muscle mass than 75% of other males of the same, <laughs> same age, height and weight. Interesting. What's the lifting difference between then and now? Night and day. Warm up weight, or you know, top sets and now warm up weights. Yeah, I just got a couple of days ago 200 kilo deadlift. Congratulations! It was a struggle, but we got it up. It looked dirty, it, it was really dirty. <laughs> it was a little bit dirty. Uh, 180 went up easy, so I thought, ah, I'll give 200 a go. Yeah, maybe should have got 190 first. Yeah, but I think 190 was already my previous PR, yeah. and I didn't want to gas out trying 190 and then trying yeah. 200. So I just thought I'd, I'll just go for the 200. Uh, it's still a confidence thing. That's the biggest thing with with big weightlifting is the confidence thing. If yeah. you've not done a number before, and you're just looking at the bar like, I've not done this before, yeah. it's not gonna go up. Yeah. So I think now that I've done it, I know I can do it. Going back next time, 
should theoretically go up. Isn't it amazing how that, how that, your brain is your worst enemy. It's insane. Okay, well, it controls everything if you think about it. it. It does control everything. You know, if you just, if you were calm about it and you knew your process and you knew what training you'd done beforehand, you'd reasonably think, oh yeah, this, is, this should be. Well, like you've suggested to me before, if you didn't know how much weight was on it, you could probably just lift it and then get told after, hey, that was 200. 100%. Yeah. I, I, and I, I've done that previously where you just start throwing, you know, plates on the bar and then go for it yeah. and then count it later. Yeah. Because I think I'm more, it's funny how you get more efficient at everything. So you don't only get more efficient at lifting, but you also get more efficient at your setup. Right. So that means loading the bar, getting in, um, getting in the right sort of, in the zone. In the zone. Yeah, getting your body shape right. and going. So I found, I think when I first started, because I was so slow at putting the plates on and then getting into position, I had all that extra time to think. So I was just like, and all that extra time to sort of, you know, talk myself out of it. Right. It's that, it, so that monologue, is it, is it something like, you've not done this before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder what it's going to feel like. Um, uh, I don't know if you can do this. It just constantly plays over and over and over and over. Oh, 100%, and over. especially in a commercial gym when there's other people there too. Yeah. So you have the other added thing of, oh, people are looking at me. Yeah. If I fuck this up, I'm going to look stupid. I'm yeah. have to leave. The so, failure complex. And think about how stupid that is. We are worried about failing on something so insignificant. It means nothing. And it means nothing to that person. You made a conversation about how people think. You think people care about you? They, they don't. don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> Not at all. I think that was the, when I first started, that was the biggest issue with recording myself. You sit there and you set your camera up and you're like, uh, people are going to be looking at me because I'm filming myself. Yeah. They either think I'm going to be into myself or some form of like, you know, YouTuber or something like that. And you're like, I'm just trying to send this to my when in reality they're too busy looking at themselves and thinking the same thing about you thinking about them don't give a fuck but no one cares no you're not that special <laughs> well, like to a point now where people will walk in front of your camera that's how little they are. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, i'm trying to film here my friend but yeah it's it's and how does how does okay so big body weight 11 percent body weight difference uh only two percent off me by the way which Yes, for all the viewers watching at home, uh, Alex and I are only 2% different in body fat. <laughs> <laughs> so when I sent, I sent a group chat, I sent the DEX results, and that was the first thing you picked up and you weren't happy about it. And then uh -huh. he'd even gone and found a, a picture, like an image from, from the podcast, uh -huh. and zoomed in on my gut and sent it to me, but you know, numbers don't lie. Ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. You can sit at home comfortably. Photo doesn't mean shit. <laughs> the numbers, the numbers are the numbers. I was going to say though, what time, that nude shot of you on your, uh, on the gram, mm -hmm. what time of day was that? It was after a workout, so maybe like 11. Mm, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't first thing in the morning. I was going to say, because I can send you a photo first thing in the morning and it's a very different look to no, the porch that I'm rocking now. I had I had eaten okay. uh, and had like protein shake, which yeah. can sometimes blow, but I had had a workout as well. Yeah, okay. So kind of with a pump. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever you got to do with the gram. <laughs> whatever you're going to do with the gram. So we get that. But um, no, it, uh, how does 11% change in body fat um, and that obviously 
a massive amount more strength. How have you found that in normal day life? Like, is there something that happens now that you feel is more effortless now than it was before? Is there stuff, is there stuff that's worse? You know, uh, I've, I've had people complain to me that because they're on this quest, the food, the, the just pure cost of food and just the amount of time to shovel to get the food in. Eating, yeah, eating sucks, especially when... So I'm not on a strict meal plan, but mm. I do have a calorie guide. Yep. So 3,400 calories and it's mixed up of, you know, 220 grams of protein, 100 grams of fat, and then the, the rest is carbs. Yep. But you can, whatever you have to eat to make that up, eat whatever you want. So yep. it's not like chicken and rice, chicken and rice. If you want to have steak or lasagna or whatever, yep. as long as it fits the macros, go nuts. It's funny. So this gets back to the social media thing again. It's funny how your mind can really buck up your progress in certain ways. It can help in some ways, mm -hmm. but it can also be a detriment. So when I was fat, didn't care what I looked like. Yeah. Because I was fat. Yeah. It's easy to not care. Yeah. That's, well, that's the only ammunition you have. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. great. You, that uh, that quality that you're showing me is worthless to me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because I, and you hear all the time, oh, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. And you go, whatever. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm fat because I've chosen to be fat. Yeah. Whatever. But then when you start to lose weight and you do start to change how you look, that's when you get stuck into, oh, well, this person looks like that, or I want to look like this, or I want to look like that. Right. So that can be, I can understand, well, and this is why I got into psychology, because there's so many athletes, yeah, or, you know, um, bodybuilders and things like that, they get this really bad body dysmorphia where yeah. they don't know where to stop. Because initially for me, it was just, and I've worked my way back into it to just be weight, like how much can I lift? Yeah. Go back to performance yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. aesthetics, because that's what got me to where I am now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was purely performance based. But even that, you can compare other people's lifts, and you go, "Oh, how come he can lift that, and I can't lift that?" So you really need to dial it back to this is my journey. This is where I started. One thing that I learned was, well, the beauty of sending Dave my progress videos mm. every week is you can go back and you go, oh, well, this is where I was in June. This is where I was in... Yeah. This is where I was in April. This is where yeah. I was when I started in January. And then if you compare it to yourself, rather than comparing it to everyone else, you go, oh, fuck, I did a good job. I've, I've thought the biggest problem with social media is just having the amount of people to compare to. Mm. So you can you can go, and, and I've used this example before, but I think it's probably the most poignant one. I had a couple of times where I'm like, how come everyone's on holidays except me? Yeah. But it's not that everyone is, it's that one person is. Mm. And then when they're back, someone else is. Yeah. And when they're back, someone else is. And that's your it. perception is, well, you're the only person that's not there. And it's the same, I'm guessing it's the same when you're looking at, um, uh, at images of people. And I, I'm not an image conscious guy. Mm. I told you I've got body morphia. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, <laughs> you are killing it, right? So I don't compare myself up against uh, um, um, other people. But I could see if, if no matter what your metric is that you are using, whether it be performance, aesthetics, intellect, uh, the amount of accolade you've got, the problem is having to look at so many people, such a condensed data set of uh, people 
that are also in looking at the same thing that you are. Do you know what I mean? So hundred percent. Because and don't forget, they're only posting the best yeah. of what they have. Mm. So they're not posting the Monday to Friday yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the Saturday on the drinks or the PR it's or, a filtered... or the weight cut. Yeah, there's no journey to get there. It's just a result. Yeah. And so you don't know how they got there. You yeah. just go, oh, they're there. Why aren't I there? And if you think about the psychology behind a picture before and a picture after, but that, that journey is everything. Oh, journey's yeah. not shown. No. No, 100%. Yeah. And that's how you get these gimmicky, like, weight loss pills and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, Charles did this in six months. Yeah. We don't know that. We didn't see the six months of, we just saw this. And I love that. that meme. It's like that fat white guy drinking, and then it's like in three months' time, and he's just this ripped black guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so, but is there anything, is there anything in your day-to-day that you've noticed that's changed from, uh, with absolute respect, fat lamb to staunch lamb? No, oh, this is going to sound bad. Not really. Mm, interesting. There is, I have found more of an escape. So I have found better methods of coping with different things. Like mentally, you mean? Mentally, okay. going to the gym. Yep. So I, whereas I never used to really have an outlet, or the outlet would be... Just internalise it, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, just let it burn up inside you. Yeah, just... just um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just dig deep. Just numb the pain. Just dig deep. No, uh, I think what I... Or the, this is probably how I got fat, was that you would just stay up till 2am, you'd play the Xbox or... Netflix or something because mm-hmm. again you're just trying to bury whatever's there but if you can turn it into something productive then you at least feel oh I'm getting something I'm working through something I have to say the best the best remedy to agitation is lifting something yeah because I had it yesterday I had, I had a, a difficult customer and I had the day was so good that this guy was just making everything so much harder than it needed to be and it was mm-hmm. very hard to communicate with him and I got home and I was actually, and even touched it, and she's like, you're like mad. And I'm not a mad guy. Mm. I don't get mad. But I was so agitated. Just went to the gym, whacked yeah. it out. Sweet. Yeah. I felt so good. So much better. It's it's the endorphins that you get mm. from putting your body under stress. I love dolphins. <laughs> but it is true. You never leave a workout afterwards feeling worse than what you, unless you injure yourself. Yeah. Uh, feeling worse than what you went in, and it's it's the hardest step is going, and that's that's any problem in life. Yeah. Any problem in life is getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name, but there's a uh, there's a psychologist who came up with the five second rule. So if you allow your shields on the so when food drops on the ground, she came pick up with that. Wow. It's so you're if you allow yourself more than five seconds to think about any one thing that's when doubt or a different opinion can come up so if you ever have to do something yeah. if you count down five four three two one and then just go and do yeah. whatever it is that you have to do if it's you wake up and you spend half an hour on your phone instead of just getting up if you just go if you wake up and you go five four three two one and just get out of bed yeah that's how you get out of this. I can illustrate that I've got the perfect example for that. Mm-hmm. Going out for lunch or dinner with friends and looking at the menu. Yeah. 
my strategy is look until something I like, close it, yep. order it. Yep. And the people, and, and a few people in particular <laughs> that I go out with quite a bit, always have absolute regret because they keep that, oh, analyze this. Okay, so if I, if I got this one, then you know that's pretty good. But this one over here has got this, and this is what I like. Should I get this one? I get that. Okay, and then, like, you've just guaranteed you're going to have a bad experience there. Oh yeah. Whereas I'm like, someone goes, "Oh, don't you wish you got the blah blah blah?" No, I really enjoy this. I didn't even know that that was an option. This is delicious. I do want better. I just want this hang thing. Yeah, you're a robot. I am a robot. Once I find, <laughs> once I find something I like, I'm ordering that. I've got nothing else ever. I've got a mate that does the same thing, and he keeps on telling himself, "Do you know what? This week I'm going to try." And, he, and, and we'll talk to him and he goes, man, I've ordered something else and it was shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I know where this $15 is going. Yeah. I know what's coming back. Yeah. It's going to be fine. That's it. I'm having that forever. I, I do I do get it, but I, I also like to... Um, because Tasha especially is into... Um, so she's, she's like a really super clean vegan. Mm. And we get to go out to these crazy restaurants that have stuff that you... Like, you would know that because you've never seen it before. Mm. So I do like to, I, I like to try different things, and I'm a bit of a explorer. You bit, are. I'm a bit adventurous. You are. And um, but I have found that that technique is a recipe for success, whereas mm. overanalyzing, overthinking, mm. um, definitely adds a pressure that doesn't need to be there. Isn't it the uh, the eighty percent rule? If you have eighty percent of the information, you should just act instead of waiting for the other. I've never heard that. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a big thing that like CEOs and things like that use yeah. is you just act you know, as long as you've got eighty percent of the information act on that instead of waiting for well, the whole whole picture you've got you've got enough you should have enough information right. to go and that's why these people are obviously ahead of the market it might be incrementally not very much because it made more decisions quicker correct yeah it's it's similar to a car deal so when you're doing a car deal there's like five questions that you can ask yourself so let's say you're making no money out of it well that's mm. a check okay there's no money but you might get income from finance okay that's a tick you might have a trade-in okay that's a tick um uh you think you're gonna get this guy back to service okay well that's three to five that's good enough like yep. we're yep. over the 50 percent yep. all right let, let, let's push on yep um, I've, I've never heard of that 80, but it, it makes, it totally makes sense. And I found too, it's far easier to deal with a fuck up after you've made a decision and learn from it and never do it again, than it is not to make a decision. Yeah. And it's the same as like when, when, when a customer brings their friend to look at a car, that's, the, it's always a red flag and something you have to explain to those people. It's very easy for them to say no, because if they say no, they can't make a mistake. But you've come here to address a problem. You need a car, mm. so it's about looking to making it happen, mm. not making it not happen to protect your own. Yeah, that's it. I, I always hate that situation when I, when someone's not there buying the car, but they are for some reason involved in the process. Why yeah. are you here? Because they always talk the first out of it. No one ever goes, "This is a good deal." You should yeah, do because it. they could be wrong. And, well, that's it. They're not. They're not investors. Yeah. Who cares? I've got a friend of mine who, who is, is on this journey to try and um, become a bit more decisive and I think he recognises in himself that he definitely analyses. Um, is that the lyrics from Lateralis? Overthinking, overanalyzing, separates the body from the mind. Um, which is very, that's probably my most 
the most important song in my in my entire life is the the lyrics from that song. If you if you do yourself a favour and search the song Lateralis by Tool, and then get the and then read the lyrics as you go, and it's a it's I would say a lot of my life is based on mm. the teachings of that song. I think Maynard just tweeted a couple of days ago, if someone hasn't listened to Tool before, first song that they should listen to is The Pod. Yeah, because it... Okay, so we move on to the next thing, right? There's two videos, two types of videos that I love watching on the internet, mm -hmm. and that's when colorblind people get those chromatic glasses, yep. or I can see color for the first time. Yep. I, I, I tear up every time I watch them because they're, they're a beautiful video. And also black people watching, uh, like reacting to heavy metal stuff. Okay, because it's not their music, but when they hear good people, good is good. No matter who you are, where you're from, good is good, right? Yep. And I noticed a lot of people have picked up the plot to um, start listening to. And it's not, it's a great song, it's not one of my favourites. Mm. I think the reason why it's the one to start with is because it just sounds so different to everything else. Yeah, I, and I think every band will have their dip your toe in the water. Yeah. Like, if you were listening to, say, Metallica, chances are someone's probably heard something off the Black Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it their best album? No. Is it the most commercial album? Yes. Yeah. So if you're trying to get someone into that sort of direction... See, Blackened's my favourite song from that. Blackened is off Injustice for All. Oh, damn. So... Shit. Ooh. Awkward. Ooh. I played a boo-boom. What is... Oh, no, I don't like... Um... What's, what's on Black Album? Uh, Sad But True, Enter Sandman, Nothing Else Matters. Yeah, they're all the good ones. Holier Holy Than Thou. Um, Who the Bell No, that's Ride oh, the Lightning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like the old stuff then. Exactly, yeah, most people do like the old stuff. Yeah. Because that was thrashy. And Seek and Destroy. That's uh, first album. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah, again, that was when they were really thrashy. Am I having, like, my, am I going to get, like, my heavy metal... Uh, badge revoked. revoked. Yes. <laughs> you pick on the badge. <laughs> hey, name a Primus album. I'll tell you. <laughs> Primus song. I'll tell you what it's on. <laughs> Those have been the good ones. There's heaps of these. Or this guy started posting him and his two black friends watching Primus, and I was like, for me, I was like, this is gonna be the best video ever, and it is the best video ever. I love it. I love it. Um, how do we get onto that? No, the Lateralis is the one that means the yes. most. Like, if yeah, yeah, yeah. if you really look at the um, and I, I don't want to ruin it for people, but it effectively is saying is like there is this untapped potential that every person has in them. Yeah. And it, but it's up to us. You, you can't ask someone else for that. It's it's here. It's you. You've got to do it. And just like you said, that your lifts are uh, are restricted a lot by your mind. Mm. Well, let's work on it on on getting the mind to work for you and not against you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it goes back to doing things for yourself rather mm. than comparing for other people but yeah. uh, see i found i'm in two roads at the moment i'm having a real dilemma dilemma lately i i feel like i used to be an extremely selfish person right not outwardly like i'd never do anything to purposefully um Put anyone, put anyone down or, sure. di or disadvantage Hurt anyone. someone for your benefit. But any decision I made, because I'm like your friend, I overanalyze yeah. 
everything. I need to look at something from a hundred different angles. I don't apply the 80% rule. Yep. I need 200% sure. before I do anything. It had to work for me. Mm. It had to. Every time it had to work for me. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, I'm not doing that. That doesn't, that doesn't benefit me in yep. any way. But I've changed and that can be good. So I've done like the weight loss, you know, changing careers and things like yeah. that. When you do work on yourself, that does have- It does bear fruit. It, yeah, there is benefits, absolutely. But you also sort of, and I'm not a religious person or a spiritual person or anything like that, but you do have to sort of look at your, I guess, moral compass mm. in ways too. And I found that lately, working on other people has given me more kickback yep. in a lot of ways. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be involved money or anything like that. Just putting some time into someone else yep. for no, and not expecting anything back either. Yeah. Just paying it forward. Paying it forward. Here's something. So like my nephew a few weeks ago, I went to the gym with him because he's like, I've been watching you. What you're doing is insane. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Let's go to the gym. Yeah. I'll show you a few techniques. I'm obviously not a coach, but yep. I've been doing it for 11 months. I can give you some pointers. Now I'm not expecting him to give me anything back, but just pay it forward. Other things, you know, I've had, you know, if you find out a mate's, you know, down about something mm -hmm. or, you know, financial problems or something like that, just do something, you know, how are you? Invite them out to lunch. Do something small to show them that you're thinking of them. Yep. And that can make a big difference too. That's the payback, is to show... There's more than that. Yeah. Because, so, I'm that guy. Mm. And I got it from my dad. So my dad, as as hard as or as harsh as he, he was on Jason and I, one thing that he did was he was very kind to other people. Um, and what I learned, what I learned, especially when you got, uh, don't forget, I got into a like very, very competitive industry mm. from the get go, which is car sales with the old guard of car sales people. You know, when, when I started selling, I was on a, I was on a floor, there was 20 salespeople and they were all there trying to cut your head off. So you did become very, um, that forced you to be independent. Mm. However, I did progress through because sometimes the good of the entire situation is not necessarily what's good for you. No. But when the ocean rises, all ships rise together. Yeah, I think that that's something that guided me through management. That's something that I learned. This will be beneficial to me if it's beneficial to mm. the group. Yeah. So that's where I started to develop doing things for other people. So I'd always do the overtime. I'd flick out commissions to other people if yep. I felt that they deserved them. Because yep. you knew that it would they'd come back the next yep. month stronger. But it, again, that was still sort of, this is gonna benefit yep. me in the long run. But I think you do need to look at the both sides of the page. How can this benefit everyone instead of just yourself? The world's actually a better place when you pay it forward. Mm. Because you, you're not expecting it, well, so you, I feel like you'll grow out of this. Mm because you will not expect it to come back and you don't want it to come back. You want it to be paid forward to someone that, that needs it more than you. Correct. So when you are investing time in someone else's 
life to benefit them. And if you just hope that they then do that for someone else, we're all being lifted up. Yeah, I think that that's, so you, I think you've touched on that perfectly because because my careers lately have changed so much, my focus hasn't been progressing through mm. any form of industry. So now I've looked at other ways that I can, I'm no longer in a position where I'm imposing uh, work-based advances mm -hmm. to people under me. Yep. So now you go look at other areas where I might have progressed that I can pass on. So the we can add value. Correct. Correct. So I know you know ever since the end of or pretty much the start of twenty twenty is when COVID really sort of affected people. Yep. You know, it was hard for everyone. It's not just COVID, but that's when you did find like the spike of depression and yeah. things like that. I've had depression for as long as I can remember. Yeah. You just come up with different ways of coping. Yeah. But when you hear other people, when someone feels comfortable enough to open up to you and say, oh, I'm feeling, yeah. you know, and I think that's a really hard thing to do as well. Yep. That's the hardest part. That's the and hardest that's part. And that's why we're in this, this loop of, 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 of not helping out. And that's why I really didn't like the are you okay day. I don't think it should be one day. Correct. It I should be every day. A hundred percent. And I think, uh, so about, a, oh, I think it's about three weeks ago now, I lost someone to suicide. Um, and you do, it's hard. So on that day, you actually rang me and I didn't pick up because I was playing basketball. Ugh. Um, so you do, and you, you know, there's a chance that you might not have been able to do anything. For sure, for sure, but it's the, the unknown. It's the unknown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but whenever someone feels the confidence to open up to and say, oh, I'm not feeling okay, mm -hmm. it's those little things, you know, just the text in the morning, you know, good morning, I hope you feel okay, or good night, just to show, hey, I'm thinking about you. Yeah, yeah. First thing in the morning, I'm thinking about you before you go to bed. Yeah. Just touching base. You don't have to do anything other than that, really, yeah. just to make that person feel, oh, someone is actually thinking about me. Because like we said before, like, like we said at the opening of this, people actually don't give a fuck about other people. Oh. No. More often than not, in our natural state, is we're so round, wound up about how that person thinks about me, yep. it's about me, 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 yep. um, that it is weird to get. I get criticised because people are like, oh, you ring me, because I, I'm not a, I don't, I'm the text, I'd rather just pick up the phone. No, but that's, so you and Josh are the only two people that ring me. Yeah. But I appreciate that, yeah. because it's someone, you thought of me, you rang me. Yeah. We're having a chat for half an hour that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, about nothing. About nothing. But who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that you thought about me and then rang me. Yeah. Oh, someone in the world is thinking about yeah. me. Because I could have spent the whole day, I'm not saying I did, but I could have spent the whole day thinking of. Oh, I'm insignificant. No yeah, one would notice. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. So I do, I have felt recently reaching out to a few people in my network and yeah. just touching base is really important and then in an ideal world you you just want that person to then do that like look yeah. after themselves and to be able to do that to someone else 100%. and someone else and someone else and if you think about like how how beautiful is that scenario where if we all just put a little bit of effort into someone else you know what can we achieve what do you think yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so i i think and look sorry to get real real heavy on that but uh, especially now more than ever this is suicide in particular 
I know the numbers are going through the roof. Yeah. Through the roof. And um, it, is a, it is a hard time. And a lot of the stuff is, you know, internalised. A lot of the stuff can, can be attached to your physicality too. Like, like we spoke, when you got that little niggle, sort that niggle out. Well, if you've got a brain niggle, sort that out too. Yeah. But it's, it's up to, that's all of our responsibility. We all, we all have a, uh, a vested interest in, in, in seeing us as a civilization thrive and I think that's what separates us from the animals right yeah yeah but um yeah I and again the look I think there is the reason why I call is communicate the art of communication I, I feel like is dying to to a point where you know most businesses want to email everything emailed all correspondence emailed whereas some stuff most things in my opinion should be a face-to-face conversation yeah and um you know, tone is important, and, and uh, that are you okay? Well, are you okay? And yes, via text could be very different to, yeah, you know. That's it. It's it's well, it's a dumb comparison, but it's like when you get the uh, someone calling in sick, or they text in sick. Like, I want to fucking hear it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Call me. I want to hear how sick you are. But it's. It's the same thing we have. We've lost the ability to communicate. Yeah. It's all two thumbs these days. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I, I think, I mean, I see how many disagreements there are online. Mm. How many people are miscommunicating with each other all day, every day. Yep. Communication is important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, somehow, I, I, I don't know why, it just got me to think about, do you know that in like ancient Greek culture, there used to be a, like a pot in the, at the town square. I think you told me about this. Yeah, you yeah. write down a name of someone that you don't like, <laughs> yeah. and then if enough people voted that person, you get kicked out. They get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what made me think of that, but it, it's like um, uh, I think for a society to function correctly, we need to communicate. I think that's why. Look, I I feel like that's where a lot of um, say uh, road rage or domestic violence, a lot of that kind of stuff is. And you, you tend to find, this is a massive generalisation, so don't rip ahead off, lower socioeconomic, lower educated areas tend to have more of those problems. Yep. And I feel like a lot of it is, is, is stemmed by a lack to communicate your point. So if you, let's say if you've left school early and you maybe struggle to, 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 with your communication skills, mm. it is increasingly harder to get your point across. Yep. So people actually, you, you, you might be hard done by mm. because you don't know how to ask for what you want. Yeah. Or that per, or the person that's, that's inflecting their, their negativity on you, they don't know what you're trying to say. No. And again, that's on all of us to try and help. And I think you can do things about it. And it's about, I think another difficult thing is identifying issues that you have in your own DNA and trying to fix them. Mm. So 2021 for me, so I, I ended a seven year relationship. Yeah. Now it's so easy after a breakup to be like, oh, that person was a piece of shit, it was all their fault, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But when you look back and reflect- In a constructive way. In a constructive way, yeah. I was just as much a part of it as anything. Yeah. I know one of the things that I'm terrible at is communication. Yeah. Now one thing that, could be the root of that is having a family of people with autism. Yeah. We don't communicate. Yeah. It's the 
weakest aspects of autism. Yes. Communication. Yeah. But you can do things. But everything's in the wrong place. <laughs> but you can, you can, just because you have an issue doesn't mean you can't work on it. So sure. one thing that I had to do in my last job as an RTO manager was the morning induction. So that was public speaking. So I was getting in front of 150 people every morning, introducing the trainers, the courses, where the exits are, where the lunchroom is. Oh, I don't like fucking doing that. Yeah, yeah. But you do it enough times, you go, okay, cool, I can do this. I think the big lesson in that, and, and I've had people in my network say, that's just who I am, and if you don't like it, I'm like, no. no. Work on it. Work on it. 100%. We are not who we were. Nope. We can always develop. Now, you can decline. Yeah. Or you could choose to improve those things. 100%. Well, that that little bit of nugget of five minutes in the morning doing the introduction mm. got me to trying stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. That is so cool. <laughs> so I've only done it twice now. Yeah. But that's... If you were to strip my life away into two things, it's stand-up and music. Yeah. I have an overwhelming passion for both of those things, you know. I'll watch all of the comics interviews, I'll watch all of yeah. their routines over and over. But it's, okay, this is something that I'm not good at, it's something that I've never done before. Mm. But why not try and do it and improve it? Yeah. And I think that that's... Having the confidence to do that has then given me the confidence to work on personal relationships. Yeah. So if I can get in front of a bunch of random people and talk, why do I find it so difficult to talk to people that I surround myself with on a daily yeah. basis? Yep. So you can you can work on it. You know, um, not that not just you can. You should. You should. You should. Um, Jordan Peterson, who. I'm sure if anyone watches the pod, they're probably familiar with him. Yep. He's a um, big psychologist in America, or well, he's Canadian. But um, basically, he says you shouldn't be happy with yourself. Yeah. If you're in your 20s, why why would you be happy with yourself? Yeah. Your potential is so much more. Go and work on it. Yeah. You know. Just go and master your craft. Yeah. And, and whatever whatever that may be. But yeah, I don't cop when you like if you're. You know, if you're in constant circles of bad relationships, then you know if you're if you're the constant in that, then there's some reflection needed there, and and, and the tools are available to, to work on those things. Yeah, and um, it's something that I'm very conscious of. I, I tried to. We had this conversation through the week. I I haven't listened to that much music mm. because that time to me is better used listening to a podcast that teaches me something. Yeah. And it's amazing that we have all the information in the world, yep. all of it. The whole, our whole history is wrapped up in like on your phone. But it, it's a choice to whether you're going to absorb that. It's a choice. It's a hundred percent a choice. And it, it, yeah, it goes back into where do I want to invest my time? Yeah. But you know, there's nothing cooler than going to a party and then just pulling out this much random nugget. It's such a good, it's such a good conversation starter, and then I hope it fires off some like, hey, do you know what I learned that you know, I can't remember what the last one was. Oh, I watched this, I watched this doco the other day about, um, it was it was Jeremy Clarkson. Did I talk to you about this? Yeah, you did about oh, the, the, the navy. Yes, and where they 
you know, where the English mocked up a ship to look like a German ship because I'm having to go down a German channel to take out a to take out a, um, a shipping dock, a, a dry dock that's the only dock big enough in the world to house and repair the biggest German ship in the world. And then they actually spoke to some of the guys that were on that ship and, and to me, the thing I brought out of it was like these men knew that they were on a suicide mission and still did this because they, you know, it was the right thing to do and and like this, there was so much to get to, to gain from that for me personally. Yeah. There was so much that mentality um, is so admirable, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that was a, not a nautical joke. I got a uh, I got a tattoo a few weeks ago of a uh, a butcher's knife and a lightning bolt, which was. I've done a similar thing to you, a deep dive on Churchill. Right. So he had a tactic called Butcher and Bolt. So yeah. That's why I got the butcher's knife and the lightning bolt. But it was this tactic of get in, cause as much havoc as possible, get out. Right. So butcher and bolt. But again, that's another it's another thing where it's like just get in there and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't skirt around the outsides, you know, get in the thick of it. No, it worked. Worked for him. That's it. Very interesting. Um, we did, we did. Dexter, we did. What else? there was something else that I was going to touch on with you. Now I've completely forgotten it because we went in directions that I didn't think we were going to go. No, oh, off the path. I can't. I'm drawing a complete. What do you normally talk about, Rona? Yeah. Crypto. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, so it's in the finance world. So some big news during the week, and it's been skipped over. The crypto guys have gone nuts over it, but but the mainstream kind of let it, sorry, the corporate media said it, but then left it. Mm. Josh Frydenberg, the finance minister, federal finance minister, came out and said, we're going to put all this infrastructure around crypto and buy now, pay later. Now, as you know, I'm invested in both. Mm-hmm. So my ears pricked up. Now, I think it's a good thing that they're going to put some legislation around. Like, you know, I'm trying to build something in, in crypto as well. And when I was talking to the lawyer, even the lawyer said, they've got no plan, no idea. And it causes a real gray area when the law, if you're trying to build a business, there's no legal framework for you. So you don't know, and they don't know yeah. what's illegal. And yeah. you could build the whole thing and then they can say, no, that's illegal. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's good that they're putting some legislation around. And also, I'm pro, I, I like the fact that they've said we're going to build some infrastructure around crypto and not we're going to ban crypto, yeah. which has been said years and years and years and years, yeah, years yeah. right? So that's a good thing. The buy now, pay later, same thing. We are, just for those that, that don't know, Australia invented the buy now, pay later business model. Afterpay uh, looks to be purchased by Square for you know, $130 billion or something like that. It's the biggest acquisition in Australian history. And we are the guinea pigs for all this financial framework. So that's to me that's a that's another good thing as well. I don't think that they're going to clamp down on it. I think if anything, they're going to ramp it up because banks are doing more damage to people in terms of credit cards than what buy now pay later do as a structure. But the big one, which was one line that no one's talking about, which is blowing my mind. Is the is Josh Rydenberg saying they're talking about a Australian digital currency?
currency. Mm. Now, this people are just going like, who cares? Me, who's like, uh, my my finance brain is going. This could be one of the biggest. Uh, could be one of the, the most extreme ramifications on our economy. Mm. It could be really good. Might be really really bad. Now, in an extreme circumstance, what if they bring out this currency and they say, okay, we're going to get rid of the old one. The new digital dollar do is worth four normal dollars. So you're going to pay four normal dollars to get one digital dollar do and effectively get rid of the debt. Because I think we're at $300 trillion in debt or something insane like that. Right. So is it like what the Eurozone's done? Like, sorry, I'm getting excited. For people that don't think these, these drastic things happen, that's what happened with the Eurozone. The Eurozone was packaged up like, hey, we, we want there to be easier trade. It's kind of not really what it was about. What it was about is that you've got Greece, Portugal, Italy, um, economies. Fucked. Absolutely fucked. And then you've got Germany, France, killing mm. Okay. Um, well, how about we just mesh them all together? Mm. We'll get rid of everyone's currency and we'll just bring out this new one. And you've almost leveled the, leveled the books in a way. I've, I've mentioned, you've probably missed this, but I've mentioned that I think the Eurozone's going to fall over the next five five to ten years because mm. there's no benefit to anyone. There seems to be less and less benefit to stick together. I think COVID has actually created that that divide. So it's happened before. They have got they've replaced money with other money mm. to make some money stuff change, to get rid of some money problems. Mm. And that could be what's happening here because if you think about it, never in my life have they thrown out Aussie dollars like they have now? Not just talking about JobKeeper, right? JobKeeper and JobSeeker and all that was a minute amount compared to just how much we are spending on tests, jabs. Um, we're talking millions of dollars a day mm. per, like, that the taxpayers don't have to pay for sometimes. It's our money. Yeah, it, it's, well, it's the same in the US. I think it's like what thirty eight percent or forty percent of currency of money printed in the entire history of America was printed in the last eighteen months. Federal Reserve printer go correct, and ours has been doing it too. Well, and but that's the thing. But it's it's all going back in. Everyone thinks, oh, you're making more, you're printing all this money, and you're giving it out in stimulus packages. Yeah. But it's all going back to the rich because you yeah, might be giving you might be giving it to the poor people. Here's two grand because you're poor. They don't know how to money manage, no. so they just piss it away and it goes straight back straight back to the people. Now that's supposed that's called trickle down economics. That's what's supposed to happen. Stimulate here, it turns over five times. You get the tax, you know, you know five times on the way through. And you're supposed to get all that money back. But the stuff that we're throwing money at, there's there's little to no return on it. And if you think about it, we're just pumping it into an overinflated property market, an overinflated stock market. Mm. In my mind, being a crypto guy, the Australian dollar has never been worth less than it's worth now because you can get it for free. You can't get Bitcoin for free, no. can you? But you can go get Australian dollars for free. You can go onto your MyGov, oh, what am I eligible for? Cha-ching, free money, here you go. You can go to the doctor, free. You can go down to the Bunnings car park to get your shop, free. You can go down to the pharmacy to get a test, Free. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not yeah. Yeah, but uh, 
the fact that they're talking about changing it or mm. introducing something else says to me, well, maybe that is the solution to that, to the debt problem. Mm. Let's erase it. Mm. But you're going to pay for it. Yeah, 100%. Well, as you said, you know, if, if the crypto dollar is worth four physical dollars, yeah. your net worth, unless you have other investments, yeah. just went down to a quarter. Yeah. And does that sound like an irrational concept when you're a government thinking about well, how are we going to pay this all back? Well, it doesn't affect them, so. Huh? <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that, so that was, that, that was, that's massive and, and it's something to definitely keep an eye on. The other thing too is that's right on the cusp because I've, I've shorted Bitcoin. Mm, yeah. And um, I recommend that no one does whatever I do. No, it's always been poor advice uh, every time. Uh, yeah. One of our viewers has watched that boy car, but anyway. Um, Evergrande is on the brink of collapse. Right. Evergrande's Chinese. Uh, the, the, the viewers know, you might not know, Chinese, the largest real estate company in the world. And they have been bolstered by the Chinese government, allegedly, to make their interest payments. Their interest payments like $300 million a week. Ooh. And they have not been able, like they've been selling car parks, parts for like just concrete. They've been selling it just to make the payments. Mm. That's going to run out. Yeah. And I'm talking in weeks. And that will be bigger than the 2008 global financial crisis. Mm. Because at scale, it is a much bigger thing. If you think about the, the reason why it's a problem is because they've got $300 billion worth of debt. The debt is attached to the asset being their property. Mm. Well, now if you say, okay, that company is non-viable, it's going to fall over, the underlying asset is now valued less, yeah. which means every property in China is worth less. Yes. Therefore, everyone's stock is worth less and anything attached to that stock is worth less. Mm. So you're going to have this, create this massive, massive, massive deficit. And their scale is so big, like China is so big, this company is so big. Everyone's going to catch a cold because mm. of this. So, practical measures out of this: um, cash outlook for opportunities. Okay, so have cash ready. I'm not doing this. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my strategy is. But everything's going to dip. Crypto is going to dip because people are going to need to find money. They're going to pull money out to try and do stuff with it. Mm. The stock market's going to shit itself. It already has been on the on, on the slight decline anyway. But when this does happen, it's going to be big, 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 big. The smart players will be putting money into that market, mm. not selling. Okay, you could sell now to be ready for it, mm. but have some money ready because when you see red, that is opportunity. Yeah. Okay, that is opportunity. You know, you don't want to see green. You want to see red. You, but you want to see red, knowing that red's coming. Mm. Okay, so um, that is the big tip because it is stay stay close to that news because they're not really talking about it. I mean, have you heard about Evergrande? It's one of the biggest financial things on the planet and no one knows about it. Mm. So, you know about it. You know about it. Yeah, I'm not a good weather stick though. Because I don't know about anything. Yeah, but no. If you can, if you, but hey, this is, my, this is my, my thing. It's not an excuse. So, yeah. so, okay, put it this way. If you come to me next year, on the bones of your ass, I'll be like, it's your fault. Because I the the, the signals are there, Correct. and you said that you didn't know, but no, 
Now, now you know what to look for, go and look for it. If you know that you're weak in that area, develop that. And, and that financial savviness, and from a mental game, you'll appreciate this part. Being, being a, a crypto long hauler, mm. like, like I am, I like seeing the red now. I love oh, it. Yeah. I yeah, thrive yeah. in it. Whereas everyone online is going mental, right? Because it's, it's going down. I just see opportunity. Yeah, we spoke about this last time, way back when I was on last time. That's panic sellers. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, red's good. Red's good. Red's when you buy. But this will be big because there's nowhere to hide. The property market will suffer. The stock market will suffer. The crypto markets will suffer. Whereas crypto has always been a hedge to cash. Mm. So it's always moved in the opposite way. But when this hits, this is going to hit everything. Mm. So just know that it's coming. That's my tip. I'll be able to get a house. Yeah, well, but yeah, absolutely. If you're in a position, and you, you, you can tell that there's some other issues coming too because like they're putting interest rates up again. Right. So they're trying to address inflation. So yeah. we know that there's inflation, but everyone at home is probably thinking they're poorer than they were before, yeah. yet all your bills are about to go up. Yeah. Fuel's gone up, shopping's gone up, everything's gone up. Um, it's about to pop. It's coming. The wave is coming. Be ready to surf it. Buy some um, Milk and Sleepy Monkeys, the NFTs, <laughs> Tide Gorillas. No, let me, okay, I want to no, I want to talk about that. I do want to talk about it, okay, because a lot of people ask me about NFTs, and I've actually not discussed it properly. Is there a space for NFTs? Absolutely. Do we know how they work yet? No, we don't. Because my opinion on these monkeys, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but what all that says to me and why I've had no interest in purchasing one is if you spend a buttload of money on marketing something, you're going to generate hype. Mm. Once the hype is there, you'll make money. Mm. But to me, that's not what NFTs are about. NFTs are about an artist being able to share a one-off item with someone that appreciates that thing yep. and also benefit from the subsequent sale of that item. Okay, that's where, that's where I think the power of NFTs are. Yes. But I don't think that's what's happening in the market. No, I think the first genuine one that I saw, which I was happy about, that I, can't, I don't know his name, but there was a rapper. A rapper made a million copies of his album or his mm -hmm. single or something like that. For a dollar, and he said he sent it out to all his fans. Said this is a this song or whatever this album is a dollar. You go buy it. It was the he was the fastest platinum selling artist yep. in history. He yep. became platinum in fifty seven seconds. Well, wow. he made a million dollars mm -hmm. and got to keep it. Got to keep it. Yeah, and. The value, he said he's happiest for his fans because his fans will be able to sell that for whatever. Yeah. $5, $10, whatever. Like, he's like, I made money and you'll all make money and you're making money because you invested in what I did. It's kind of taking the record company out of it. Exactly. Okay. So, this is where I see the, um, the advantage. And I saw, what's that, Gary Bandit? Gary Vandercheck, what's his name? The pop, uh, anyway, he said, and it, this is the first thing that had made sense to me. If you're a garage band, mm. what if you 
uh, made album artwork like we used to do back in CD days, right? But you offered the album artwork as one-off NFTs to your loyal fan base that you have now. Yep. At a dollar, at 50 cents, at whatever. And you structure the NFT that every time it gets sold, it's 50-50. The band gets 50%, the, the uh, yep. seller gets 50%, okay? Yep. What you are doing is, uh, as a fan, you are helping support the band. Mm. The band will hopefully use those funds to help them get moved to the next level, whether it be a tour, yep. whether it be a, um, a, a new recording, like a studio recording. And because of that, because of that investment, that band is now uh, more appreciated